some new technology called Zencaster. So you're either going to give us a thumbs up or the thumbs down at the end of it. How are you, gentlemen? John, Troy, how are you? Very well, Tommy. Very, very good. Yeah, it's interesting, Troy, this new technology, I guess. I mean, the three of us are keen on technology, and I think when we find a new piece of technology, we're always enthusiasts to try it. And this is this is allows us to actually be in three separate locations, not that we always will be, but this allows us virtually anywhere in the country or the world to record it as though we were sitting next to each other. So I think we're keen to um, find out how it goes, Troy. So there's a lot of pressure on you, Troy. This is your <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is a lot of pressure and I, I, I'm a big advocate of new technology and I always think, you know, just hit record is a common saying that we always laugh about on this podcast because uh, the pre-production and post-production is a raw, so this is probably going to make us even better. Um, so it's it's interesting to see, but I'd love to get feedback from everyone that's listening to this episode as well. Very good. It's bad. Just no. bombard him with your emails if it's bad. And if it's good, of course, Tom and I are very happy to receive the kudos. <laughs> the issue is, if this is good, I'm beginning to think to myself, what roles have we got for Troy on the podcast? <laughs> okay, there you go. There is still a little bit of editing we need to do. <laughs> and as if he doesn't add massive value, which of course he does. Coming back to our weeks and your weeks, Tommy, I know you've been busy. You're getting ready for your next real estate gym, correct? Correct. I launched it. Uh, I launched it uh, on Sunday Night Rant, and um, John, um, it's for 2019. But what I do is, I'm, I'm, I'm mindful that people, you know, December, some people go away. They make their plans for training for next year. So I've launched it, our real estate gym for 2019, and if they join this week, they will get November and December as uh, part of their deal, and they'll get 12 months membership and. John, what I've done, and I know I should have uh, asked you uh, beforehand. I'm actually got, uh, I'm actually included some face-to-face events as part of the real estate gym membership uh, this year. So, um, just for real estate gym members, and um, you've always been, John. They've they've absolutely uh, adored. You've always been the highest ranked on my social media, the highest ranked on views of our content, and the most uh, remarks I have has been on you in the four years that I've been running the real estate gym, John. So Good. I look um, forward to hopefully being invited to one of the events because I'm happy to, as we always are. I mean, we're a real family and a team here with MDA Podcast. And if, if I can help your gym members at the events, that would be a pleasure. So um, where do they go? So they go to your website to... to- okay. So they go to realestategym.com.au. It's open this week. So Troy tells me that this podcast is going to be up um, uh, for uh, this week that's coming up. So and that is the uh, the 12th of where you know, the week commencing the 12th of November. It's going to close on Friday, which is the, let's have a quick look here, which is the 15th, 16th. 16th of November. So realestategym.com.au, it's $65 a month or $620 um, a year. So that works out to being two or three cups of coffee. And I, again, guys, it's, look, it's using technology to allow to deliver value because there is a group of people that find it extremely useful to be able to get their content and information on a mobile, on a tablet or on a desktop without having to go park to get to an event. Um, And um, it meets a need. It's about two or three coffees a week that it costs to 
um, get um, great content. And I've got some great tools, uh, John. I've got Cindy, Cindy Kennedy. Like, I've never um, had Cindy Kennedy do much work, but she's, she's a great writer, isn't she? she? She's a phenomenal success story, Cindy. She's mm. originally a young Kiwi lass and uh, came across to Australia having been, I think, my memory, Troy, she might have been from the music industry or she was... She was in another industry, uh, not not as a musician, but I think, you know, kind of working for a record company or something like that. But she, I've seen her just graft and work at her craft, Tom. Um, and, Troy, I know you're very close because you've done a number of auctions for Cindy over the years. Yeah. She, she is one of these people, very similar to me, that wasn't particularly gifted with any particular magical skills here. She just worked away, worked away, figured out what worked, figured out what didn't work, and... I think today is one of the, the great agents of Australia and is, is writing phenomenal figures, very focused on the Roselle, Balmain uh, and surrounding markets and just a delightful person. You know, again, like Peter Chauncey, got a very balanced life, family life, fam, uh, just does a great job. So, yeah, is, is she going to be speaking at the gym? Yes, yeah, so, so what I've done is I've got 25 mentors that are going to help with live webinars and Q&As and describing what they do. I've got... Adrian Bowes, Cindy Kennedy, Dane Atherton, David Highland, Dr. Fred Gross, Gavin Rubenstein, Tostevern, Georgie Bates, uh, 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 Michelle Kerr, Phil Harris, you know, um, Tommy Hector, Vivian Yap, Xavier Reynolds got good good uh, content because I can't help it, and I'd love to get your view on this. Have you noticed that there seems to be not one clear, direct way that you say this is the one and only way that you're going to be successful in real estate. Because sometimes I see one agent doing it using one key strategy. Other times I see an agent that might be super option oriented. Sometimes you see an agent that um, is very big about breaking bread with their community and they really... What, John, had. What's your view on when people say, is there one clear way that you can win in real estate? It's a good question. I think, Tommy, there are a number of commonalities, um, you know, things like integrity, hard work, um, you're having a plan, being authentic. And, and we're going to talk today, it's an interesting topic today about, you know, how fit are you for this particular market? So we'll go into that in more detail in a few moments. But I agree with you that I look at our top, you know, 25 or 50 agents. And, and from a personality standpoint, there is so many different personality types and and backgrounds and so forth. And that's the nice thing about it that we always talk about. There are a few standard, you know, sort of things we think are important that you have to get right. But then you pour your own personality on top, Troy, as we always say, and, and then it's up to you. And that's the exciting thing about this industry is you don't have to be a clone. You don't have to be a real estate robot. You just... You have to kind of find a way that works for you. And from those mentors that you just talked about, Tom, and, and they're clearly some of the best coaches and agents in the country, I mean, you, you'll find someone that you resonate with. And that's what I found over the years that, you know, I, I sometimes saw agents and I thought, gee, they're successful, but it's kind of they weren't my style of doing things. And that didn't mean I was better or worse. It just meant they had a different approach. And then, but then all of a sudden, I'd find someone, and then I just connect, and I think, wow, that's I, I really like the way they do business. I like the way they run their life. I like the way they present themselves to the community. So that's I think that's a nice thing about you know whether it's MDA podcast or, or real estate gym, you you do get exposed to people that will be able to show how they did it their way, and then you can kind of adapt. Troy, you you, I was going to say, John and Tom, it really comes down to. 
each one of those people, I think it's their intent, their intent to serve, their intent to actually genuinely help people through what can be sometimes a trying time. Um, it's a big investment, both emotionally and financially in most circumstances. And each one of the people that you just mentioned, Tom, that are on your mentors, every single one of them has the right intent. They're not going into it and they didn't get into real estate to earn just a quick buck. They've always taken a view of a long-term game and genuinely helping their clients. Yeah. Yeah. So, Troy and John, I don't remember if you can recall the page in MDA Bootcamp that we did last year where it talked about how real estate fit you were. And the reason that I'd love to talk about this subject with you both today is I got a real estate agent come and see me three days ago and I said, how's life? And the first thing he said, I'm rattled. And I said to him, what's the biggest thing on your plate at the moment? He says, I don't know where to start. Everything is just hard. Everything's hard. So I got him to fill out this piece of paper, which is an audit, which is a McGrath-inspired document. Now, John, I don't know if you can recall the document, but you've got yep. there. It, it's you've got you, you've probably seen a, a deviation of it anyway, where it goes through various factors. Yep. And you score yourself out of ten. And I thought what would be useful if I actually he he scored lots of fours and fives and some threes in some of these things. Um, which he said he was disappointed, but one of the great things is accepting the truth on where you're at because it would be nothing worse to score tens on everything and still be rattled. You know? I mean, yeah, it's interesting because you used the word rattled and Troy and I have been doing some internal webinars at McGrath and, you know, we're hearing gutted, carnage, uh, these kind of labels. The first thing I think to get fit in this market you have to change the way you see the market. And Dr. Fred taught us many years ago about the inner market being the most important one, which is the way you see things and your mindset, and that's critical. And I've got to say, it's not – I mean, Pete Chauncey, as you know, Tommy, did 17 sales last month, and I'm sure if we asked Tommy Hector and Alex Jordan and Matt Lancashire and whatever, there'd be, there'd be dozens, hundreds of agents around Australia that are going gangbusters because – as Pete Chauncey said to us, I just stopped overthinking the market and I just realised that I was listening to too many news uh, news and reading too many newspapers, listening to too many negative things, and then he started labelling it himself, you know, things like, oh, it's carnage out there. Well, the reality is it's not carnage out there. The, the reality is there, there are less buyers than there were last year, but nonetheless there are a lot of buyers. Prices are, call it 5 10 or 15%, depending where you are. In most markets, not every market's down. Um, buyers are less urgent, but they still want to buy. They just need an agent that's going to work hard to help them find the right home and that has properties that are listed at current prices, not at 2017 prices. And you, like Pete Chauncey, you can end up selling 17 properties in a month. By the way, he's backing that up with what looks like another 13 sales this month. So here's a guy that that's likely to finalize 30 sales in two months and you just say well you know where's the carnage and all that so John, you... what 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 makes him what makes him so resilient and so real estate fit and so successful in a time where people are feeling massive pain from what I see what what is it it's so one thing you've said is the way that he's decided to look at things the perspective 
Well, he told us in that that interview that uh, that Troy and I did with him, Tom. He said first thing is he went back to basics. He got his his health and someone's alarm's gone off. There. Um, Sorry, and you won't believe that that's a that's a that's phone a- call that I've just that's that's my fault. It's a McGrath agent, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> that doesn't change things. See, and you said that I didn't offer any value. I have to go and edit now. television, <laughs> we don't need edits here. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> he went back to he went back to basics. He stopped overthinking the market. He um, he got his diet impeccable. And Pete's a guy that looks after himself, but he went to the next level. He's also a very fit guy, but he went to the next level of training because he said, "I need to be a warrior in the marketplace." I want no negativity. I want super positive outlook, and and that's what he did. And then he started going through a range of uh, of activities, and he spoke to his team, and he said, "Here are our non-negotiable standards." So things like when a new when a new listing hits the market, Peter and his his key buyers agent Bridget Crawford, they ring they commit to ringing at least fifty buyers each. So that means a hundred people hear from one of them minimum when every new listing comes up. Now, that's just a standard. And he said, we're not interested in leaving messages. Leaving messages don't count. So he said, unless I, I'm physically speaking to 50 people, not just leaving a message and hoping a few of them get it. And I think, Tom, you know, that's the attitude. If you want to learn how to, in a market like this, which is not a bad market, but it's a change market, how do you excel? You need to raise your standards. You need to get your mindset right. You need to get your beliefs right. And Pete's belief is I can be as successful in this market as I've ever been. I just need to raise my standards. And uh, that was a really a, a great, a, a, great um, a, a great interview. And one of the things that he said, because the feedback that we got was, you know, oh, look, I hate it. I'm having to ring five vendors a week and tell them their property's not going to fetch it. And I feel really guilty and I feel embarrassed and it's uncomfortable. And Pete just cut through it. And he said, I have a view that every vendor deserves to hear the truth. So I sit down in real time. So as soon as I hear any feedback that starts making me feel that we're not in line with the market, I pick up the phone, I go and see my vendor and I say, Tom, just need to, we need to align here because the market is not at this point agreeing with our view on price. And if we don't align with the market, we're going to miss it and then you'll be chasing it down and that costs a lot of money and a lot of angst. So it was just a really good I mean, just what a great belief. Every vendor deserves to hear the truth. So, Troy, I um, I just heard John for four or five minutes just pretty much say this. Health and fitness, all of a sudden, has been upgraded for Peter Chauncey, and that's both what goes into his body and how he uses his body with exercise. Then I've got down that massive focus and hyper-attention on buyers for him and his team, yep. and massive urgency on giving people the truth very, very quickly. They're just four things that I've noticed that you're saying that um, our listeners can have a listen and, and they can say to themselves, what are they like on those four things at the moment? Exactly, Tom. And you know, one of the things, and Troy, chime in because I'm sure I'll miss a few and, and I don't, it's not the Peter Taunty show, but he's such a superb real estate athlete and we're talking about how do you get fit. And an interesting precursor to this is three months ago I sat down with Pete and we had a little coaching session, and he was feeling a bit flat. He had only sold six properties that month, which for him was a, a pretty terrible month. I know for a lot of people it wouldn't be, but for him it was a pretty terrible month. And we are having the chat about it, and then he basically went from that meeting, and he 
redesigned things. So he he changed the market himself. He didn't wait for the market to change. And he was saying that, you know, in, in days gone by or years gone by, if if they were off, off the pace with the pricing, you know, sort of after the first week of opens or halfway through a campaign, he'd go down and sit with the vendor and talk them through it. He's saying now, if I'm if I have my first open on Saturday and I don't get at least ten buyers through, and if I don't get people starting to make offers or talk about making offers, I know we're out of alignment. So he said that afternoon he is in he is seeing the vendors. We're talking about Saturday afternoon, we're not even talking about Monday night. So he increased his urgency to such a, a point, as you said before, Tom, it became like real-time feedback. And he said, I just don't sugarcoat anything. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not uh, ruthless. I'm not aggressive. I just believe every vendor deserves to hear the truth. And I sit down with them and I tell them the truth. And most of them then say to him, Pete, what do you recommend we do? So he said, my professional recommendation is, and it was just such a simple way of doing it and that's how you get. So you talked before, Tom, about how do you, you know, sort of how do you replicate some of these high achievers? Well, you listen to what they're doing and you adopt some of their mindset. Troy, did I miss anything? Is there anything that? The only thing that I would add, John, and I think it was uh, in conversation with Peter, we, we realized that there was two things that Peter and every agent that's listening to this podcast can really control. First part of that is their attitude. They can have the pessimistic view and the view that it's carnage and it's it's not a good time, or they can have a really a mindset of abundance. The second part of that is their activity. What activities are they doing to always progress the sale? What do we, what are they working with their buyers? How much are they in contact with their vendors? What are they saying to their vendors? Are they having honest and truthful conversations, or are they trying to? Um, align the market to their own expectations so i think the activity and attitude was a big part of that what came out of peter's interview because i think you know they were the two things that he said he could control and he really worked hard on those over the past three months yeah yeah okay can i ask um you both he's not only is he doing incredible amounts of sales but if i can recall we're not talking about someone here that's got a a team of hundreds out there supporting him. It's it's a pretty small, night, tight team, isn't it? He's got yes, him. Um, Bridget is his buyer specialist, Bridget Crawford, and Lauren is his red CSM, as we call it. But yeah, looks after. I call her the general manager because she's just such. She's great. She does a lot more than just general assistance. She really helps them run the run the business. Um, and that's that's Lauren, and, and they've got some of the statistics. So you know, eighty three percent market share. Their clearance rate is above eighty percent in this market, and he did seventeen sales last month, and he's probably going to do thirteen, maybe fourteen this month. So that's a fit business. Back to your metaphor originally, Tommy. I mean, that just shows, and it wasn't one thing. That's what I liked about the the interview, but but it also wasn't hundreds. I think there was like six or seven things that he said, and if you were new to the industry, and this is the only market you knew, you could latch onto those things and become a great agent. So being fit, I think it's like being fit, you know, with your own body. You know, it's not as hard as you think. Don't overcomplicate it, but you do need a few key things in place. Can I ask, um, obviously he's he jumps on and tells owners the truth very quickly. Now, would it be fair to say that to be able to do that, you've got to be able to deliver a listing presentation that gets you permission to have these conversations because I can't help but thinking that some of the conversations I have with agents is, hey, um, um, 
it's difficult to actually go back to them and tell them that their price that they're uh, chasing is some of the words that they use is not going to come into this marketplace. So obviously, the the way that you deliver price at a listing presentation and your expectation or the set to sell meeting um, is obviously a very important part of real estate fit in this world that we're in. It's really critical, Tommy, and, and a lot of agents paint themselves into a corner because at one end of the scale, there's the, which we we all abhor, but it, it happens, it's tell them anything just to get the listing. At the other end is, gee, the market's really tough. You've got to be really conservative because unless you list this at an incredibly saleable price, it's not going to sell. Neither of those two are great outcomes because no one wants to hear from the negative Nelly that tells you how bad the market is and you've got to be like rock bottom price. But but also if you get a property at a price that's not achievable, that's no good because you only get paid to sell, not to list. In the middle there is the opportunity to, to sound optimistic, to be optimistic, to, to assure them that you have the best possible plan to achieve the highest price available and talk them through that to hear what they would like to achieve not necessarily to agree or disagree, but to say, Tom, it's great that I know exactly what you're aiming for. I think it'd be fair to say, based on recent relevant sales, that'd be a really outstanding result. And that's what I shoot for, are outstanding results. What we need to know going forward, though, is what is the market feedback on it. So I'm going to be in constant contact with you. And I choose not to sugarcoat feedback. I choose to have a real open, honest conversation with all my clients. And they seem to really enjoy that process. So you set it up at the beginning most agents screw their listing up sorry their sales up at the listing point um, and if you miss it that's no good because you can't sell something you don't have but if you over promise that's no good because all you're doing is creating a disgruntled client in the future so I, I think you've got to be aware that there is a, an important middle space to move through which is not at the depressing end and it's not at the over-promising end. And that's where I think Pete Chauncey, he has incredible authenticity and great integrity. And people, they sense that. They just know there's someone in the room in front of them that's not bullshitting but is also very positive human being and out to get them the best price. Okay. Um, before we finish this podcast, one of the questions that I'm having a look that's uh, come in from a real estate gym member that I'd like to put to you both um, is um, being middle of November, what do you do with listing presentations you go out to now? Do you sign them up and try for something because things might get worse or do you look at putting it on the market in mid-January? So I'll go first, Troy, but you, you kind of chime in. and I think that there's a lot of time to sell property between now and New Year's Eve. So I would definitely not be switching to 2019 um, listing mode. Having said that, it's getting fairly late to conduct a, a, an auction program. So if you are contemplating an auction, you may have to look at an early 2019 auction. But that doesn't mean it can't be sold today. And I think a lot of agents make the mistake they talk to a vendor or they say, Mr. and Mrs. Panos, it's fine with me if you want to go in the new year. That makes total sense. We're getting a bit late this year, so why don't we touch base in January? Problem with that is you get another agent that's working like Pete and Bridget with, with 50 or 100 hot buyers that, that speaks to the client and says, well, look, we can certainly auction it next year, but Tom, can I ask you, if you and Sula got the right price, would you be prepared to listen and have a conversation right now? 
And everyone would say, well, yeah, I guess, of course I would. And you, again, you know, my view is the market might get a little bit worse before it gets better. So that's my kind of overarching view. I don't think we've got tragedy. I don't think we're going to see another 10%, but we might see a few percentage points slide. So from that perspective, if you believe in that, you would be probably looking for a sale sooner than later if possible. But I also know the auction method works very well. And if you can't fit an auction in before Christmas, you might want to schedule one for the first thing in the new year. But I'd be spending the last 30 days, and you, Troy, you and I spoke to our team about this today. You've got a lot of selling time and a lot of selling days uh, before Christmas or New Year's Eve, uh, and we find that there's a lot of people that want to get set for the new year and buy a property before they go on holiday. So a sense of urgency is the way I'd go. Troy, what are your thoughts? Do you? I also like the idea that you know everyone has time off over the, the Christmas break, the festive season. That's a lot of time to be looking online at properties that are listed. I don't know. I just think there's something in that. If your property is live, then um, I think REA or Domain came out with a stat recently to say that one of their highest traffic days is actually Boxing Day because people have time to search property. So I've, I've got the view that, um, you know, keep listing now. And even if it's a soft launch for the rest of the year and you're launching a full auction campaign next year, I agree, John. There's a lot of time to still sell property. And we, we've heard countless examples from our team over the past couple of weeks that they've sold property leading the week leading up to Christmas, Christmas Eve, in between uh, Boxing Day and obviously New Year's Eve. So there's still an amazing amount yeah. of opportunity. If buyers are there, they want to buy. And sellers, if they're out there, they want to sell. So the you, can, you can list property and not launch it. I mean, you can list something, not do a full formal marketing campaign, have it as a listing available for you because if you do have a buyer that's on holidays, that's got plenty of money to spend and there's no other properties on the market. John, you, you must have seen this. In your 30 years plus in real estate, you must have seen some great prices in that first week in January because there's nothing else on the market. Oh, exactly, Tommy. I mean, I've sold properties, you know, Christmas Eve. I've sold properties New Year's Eve, plenty over the Christmas break. I mean, my view is if I have it listed and you've got the right price and checkbook, it's for sale and let me take you through. As long as the vendor is happy with it, some vendors might have said, look, you know, give us a week just to have family time. But generally speaking, um, people are happy to sell a property on any day and buy a property on any day of the year. So, yeah, I think it's it's important. Don't Don't switch off. I'm sure if you're going for a holiday, different thing. I, I get that. But if you were working through the, let's say, you know, the last few days of, of this year, I would expect you could sell. And you're right, Tom. You know, it, you can get the photos taken. You can get it on uh, domain and REA. You can put it on your website. You can even put a signboard out the front. None of that costs more if you do it now than if you do it next year. So why not give yourself the extra few weeks for the people, as Troy said, that have got a little bit of time on their hands over Christmas and they're going through the internet and they say, wow, actually, that looks pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a real believer in you know, never put something off for tomorrow if you can get a good sale today. Okay, guys, it's fantastic doing this uh, uh, first podcast using this uh, new podcasting software. It'd be good to get some uh, feedback. You can put your feedback in, the, uh, in iTunes um, when you score a rating and put your comments in there or uh, what I might actually do is actually put this podcast, uh, Troy, on um, all my social media platforms. So I'll get the link off you and then people can actually comment and give us an idea of um, uh, what they thought of the technology and whether the experience as a listener was good enough. Troy, fantastic. Again, we'll chat again next week. John, 
thank you again and uh, I'll talk to you both next week. Thanks, Tommy. See you, Troy. Thanks, Tom. Bye, John. Bye, John.